Hey everybody, it's the Northern Miner Podcast. Welcome to episode 95 of the Northern Miner podcast. I'm your host, John Cumming. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Northern Miner. And yes, uh, Matt Keevil has left the building. Matt, uh, as he alluded to last week, has become uh, the vice president of corporate affairs at Attack Resources. They're the ones, uh, a junior out of Vancouver that's looking for Carlin-style gold uh, at his Rackla project in Northern Yukon. So as you know, Matt's been talking about the Yukon a lot and visited uh, all over the territory so i guess he loved what he saw there and uh, we wish matt the very best and thank him so much for putting together this podcast and uh, what's going to happen you know we had matt leave and we also have another matt leave in the form of uh, leslie stokes she's off uh, this year for uh, maternity leave and uh, so what we're going to do is bring the podcast back to the mothership here in toronto so uh, today i'll be your host and we'll also be bringing in a new cast of characters. We have Trish Saywell. She's our senior staff writer and journalist extraordinaire. And we have our new staff writer, Richard Quarisa, and our online editor, uh, Adrian Pocabelli. He's in Berlin. So we'll be checking in with all these people and a few other people as well. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm just learning <laughs> to put together a podcast with the editing and things like that. So we took a week off. We had to... Uh, stop the content mill and uh, retool. So uh, we're back at it and we'll be producing uh, shows weekly again with uh, interviews as well. And let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. We have the Yukon Mining Alliance. They're uh, a group of 17 companies, at least, that have identified resources in the Yukon. And you can follow the Yukon Mining Alliance at their website, yukonminingalliance.ca. And you can follow their Twitter feed at at Invest Yukon, all one word. And our new sponsor is the Grosso Group, which is led, of course, by Joe Grosso out in Vancouver. And they've been active in South America since 1993. And they have three main uh, publicly traded vehicles at the moment. We have Golden Arrow Resources, which is uh, focused on uh, primarily precious metals as, and some base metals in Argentina. And we have Argentina Lithium and Energy and Blue Sky Uranium, and they're all involved around Argentina mainly. First off, I'd like to give a shout out to our Northern Miner Person of the Year for 2017, and that is Sean Boyd of Agnico Eagle Mines. We wrote a little uh, write-up in our uh, big PDAC issue, which came out last week, and uh, a big salute to uh, Sean, who's been at the helm there for many years and uh, done an outstanding job of guiding this company from one mine, uh, the Laron Mine, which, which is huge in and of itself, to... Uh, now multiple mines in multiple countries, and last year they produced 1.7 million ounces of gold. And this week we're going to have a feature interview with Stephen Stewart. He's the CEO of Orefinders Resources, and uh, he's also a director and one of the co-founders of the Toronto chapter of the Young Mining Professionals. So we're going to talk about the growth of the Young Mining Professionals, 
and the development of the YMP Awards, which uh, we co-sponsor here at the Northern Mine. are very proud to do so. Now let's take a quick look at uh, key commodity prices, uh, beginning with oil. Oil's off about 1% over the week, and uh, as of course uh, the, the United States is, uh, has tremendous production growth, and uh, that's pushing the price of oil down. And right now we have West Texas Intermediate at uh, around 60.71, and uh, Brent crude futures are uh, around 64.64 as we uh, go to air here. And then into the metal side of things, uh, gold has been hanging steady at around 324 right now, and silver is 1651, platinum is 960, palladium 986, and all the precious metals have been uh, pretty steady the past month. And turning over to base metals, we have copper at 315, nickel at 626 a pound, uh, zinc at 147 and lead at 110 a pound. And uh, a lot of the uh, base metals have just come off lately. BMO, uh, Bank of Montreal Capital Markets, has uh, wrapped up its big uh, global metals and mining conference in Florida just before the PDAC. And uh, certainly one thing that jumped out uh, at me from their extensive reporting on it, they talk about Ivan Glassenberg, CEO of Glencore, and he talks about a crew report that was prepared for Glencore, and it says that a 30% electric vehicles penetration by 2030 would require 18% more copper than produced today, 55% more nickel, and 332% more cobalt. On the other hand, Ivan Glassenberg sees strong supply challenges globally with declining grades in copper, mine closures, environmental restrictions in zinc and lead, but also underinvestment. And, of course, Ivan Glassenberg uh, also made some headlines uh, during the week of the PDAC in that he was uh, popping up in Kinshasa. The president of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, Joseph Kabila, he had personally insisted that the top CEOs of these mining companies uh, come to Kinshasa and uh, in a, for a discussion just before uh, he was to uh, ratify or um, pass, pass into law the new mining code that's going to increase uh, taxes in the DRC and increase um, the ownership, uh, benef beneficial ownership of the DRC in uh, new projects. And uh, it's kind of remarkable. You ha At this meeting, you had Glassenberg, you had I Ivanhoe Mines Chair Robert Friedland, you had Rand Gold Resources Chief Executive Mark Bristow, and Chinese China Molybdenum Executive Chair Steele Lee. They all met and really had no effect on uh, Kabila's decision. Uh, a few days later, he signed the uh, new mining code into law. And of course, there's always more to the story in the Congo. Uh, Kabila himself was supposed to have stepped down in, at the end of 2016, and uh, they keep postponing the election that was supposed to replace him. And uh, right now, it's scheduled for December, but who knows if it happens or not. Some people are saying he keeps delaying it because what he really wants to do is hold a referendum that would uh, change the constitution, as it were, and would let him run for a third term. So we'll see uh, if that happens. Maybe this mining code will make him more popular uh, with the local population that will help pass this referendum to let him stay on uh, for a third term. Now, we hope you had a great PDAC. Those of you who could make it here to Toronto, uh, the attendance was up over 25,000 this year, so about 1,500 more than last year, and about up 3,000 from uh, the year before that. And uh, there seemed to be a lot of statistics coming out 
being released during the PDAC. So some of the ones that really stood out was uh, you had the S&P Global Market Intelligence putting together uh, their traditional uh, global uh, exploration budget uh, study. And they found that the uh, global exploration expenditure, uh, this is for non-ferrous metals, was $8.4 billion in 2017. And that's up from $7.3 billion in 2016. And that's the first time it's increased in four years. Furthermore, S&P is predicting the global exploration budget for uh, 2018 will increase another 15 to 20% year over year. And uh, through 2017, the, uh, once again, the top three destinations for mineral exploration spending are Canada, Australia, and the U.S. in that order. Uh, Canada itself got 13.8% of the global budget. And within Canada, Ontario uh, was number one with 28% of the exploration budget, followed by Quebec. Search for gold uh, consumed uh, 62% of the exploration spending. Uh, globally, uh, the gold gold accounts for about half of global exploration spending. And base metals about 30%. And in the other category, uh, as we all know, lithium and cobalt are super hot. So S&P says that our research found 136 companies budgeting almost $157 million for lithium exploration in 2017, or more than double the 2016 total. Cobalt, fo- cobalt-focused exploration also jumped, with 52 companies allocating $36 million in 2017, more than four times the 2016 budget. And uh, another one was the Mining Association of Canada. They released their facts and figures report on uh, mining stats for Canada. And some of the uh, macro numbers from that is uh, Canada's mining industry employs 403,000 people directly and 193,000 workers indirectly across Canada. And mining continues to be the largest private sector employer of indigenous people in Canada on a proportional basis and a major customer of indigenous-owned businesses. The average annual pay for a mining work in 2016 exceeded $100,000, and that's higher than forestry, manufacturing, finance, and construction. And in 2016, Canada's mining sector contributed $57.6 billion to the national GDP and accounted for 19% of the value of Canadian goods exported. We also had a study from uh, the accounting firm Ernst & Young, and uh, they teamed with the BC Ministry of Energy, Mines, and Petroleum Resources and the Association for Mineral Exploration, based in Vancouver there, and uh, they did a study on BC mining and exploration expenditures, and they found that exploration spending in the province hit uh, $246 million in 2017, and that's up 20% from 2016. And as usual, gold is the number one uh, Target being sought, and the Golden Triangle, as we all know, was the hottest uh, sector or region, uh, and that had $82 million spent within the Golden Triangle. And uh, something that jumps out, it's smaller, but one thing that jumps out is that zinc exploration rebounded in BC in 2017, and it's up almost 50% to $82 million uh, as, as zinc prices have increased. Just a sign of how things are uh, heating up in Canada. You, Something that really stood out uh, the day after the PDAC was that Victoria Gold has lined up a uh, $505 million financing package to um, build its mine up in the Yukon, and that includes two credit facilities of $219 million, an equipment financing of $63 million, a $98 million royalty financing, and then a private placement of about $125 million. So congratulations to Victoria Gold, and uh, that was a project that uh, has been worked on and worked on and worked on, but it's really um, 
going forward for sure. And we'll, hopefully we'll be able to visit there this summer. And one more prominent study was the Fraser Institute study of investment attractiveness across the world in different jurisdictions. And this year, Finland took top spot, and number two was Saskatchewan, and number three, Nevada. Now let me introduce in person Richard Quarisa, our new staff writer here in Toronto. Richard, come on, have a seat. And uh, first of all, Richard, just why don't you introduce yourself to our uh, listeners? Hey guys, my name is Richard. I am the newest member of the Northern Miner uh, staff. I've been here since October. Uh, before that, I was a Master's of Journalism student at the University of Western Ontario. And I did a brief internship at the National Post during the summer. But I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to introduce you to Rick's Picks. Is that what we're going to call it? We can call it Rick's Picks. Rick's Picks, where I pick three or maybe four stocks that I think are particularly interesting that I want to talk about. Uh, Richard, what's your first uh, pick? For the inaugural episode of Rick's Picks, I'm going to start off with a little company on the venture exchange called Maya Gold and Silver. Now, Maya's stock actually fell last week about $0.28 to $2.13. However, the company has a silver mine in Morocco that's already in production. And as of a new PEA they filed earlier this year, the economics seem pretty good. They're projecting an additional 10 years of mine life uh, on a project that still contains on a project that still contains 990,000 measured and indicated tons, grading 315 grams silver per ton for 10 million ounces silver. And uh Number two on your list is the uh, always controversial or troubled to Tahoe resources. What's going on with Tahoe these days? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Tahoe second because uh, this is a little bit of a negative story. So I thought we'd kind of move into this and then segue to something a little more positive to close out the segment. Tahoe shares are down 4.7% to uh, U.S. $4.68. Um, the company's in some ongoing legal trouble in Guatemala, and its silver mine was suspended in mid-2017 in mid over questions concerning the license. Now, the Guatemala's constitutional court has requested additional information in the legal case. The company said that Guatemala's constitutional court had requested additional information in the legal case, and that seems to be that, along with the ongoing issues, seems to be the cause of the downturn. Now, the thing here is we don't seem to know when this issue is going to come to an end or how long it'll go on for. So I think this is one to keep an eye on for the near future. But it's hard to say at this point in time really where things are going with this. Good stuff. And uh, the last one on the big three here is uh, RTG Mining. I believe they're, they're in the Philippines. Is that right? That's right. RTG Mining has been in the Philippines for a while, and they have a project that's near development and a couple other uh, exploration projects. Now, the interesting thing about RTG Mining is that even though their stock is down about 22.9% to $0.14 Canadian, they really could become a company that you might want to look at more seriously in the near future. And the reason for that is what's going on politically in the Philippines. There's been some anti-mining sentiment over the past couple years, led primarily 
by a woman named Regina Lopez, who was appointed the environmental secretary in 2016. She put a ban on open pit mining in the Philippines. Now, shortly after that ban, she was basically ousted from that position and replaced with what I've read is a much more conservative person who was actually a former armed chiefs, a former armed forces chief of staff. BMI research predicts that as a result of this change of staff in 2018, we could see some softening to the rather harsh rules that were put in place last year. And if that comes to pass, this is a company that could be poised to really make some moves in the Philippines and get into production without too much time. So while their stock is relatively cheap right now, they could be a good one to look at. Nice. And uh, let's go into the bonus round here. You've got one more. Uh, Lithium X. What's going on with Lithium X? I know Lithium is a very hot sector right now. Lithium is red hot right now. And this is my favorite part of the segment, the bonus round. Uh, Lithium X. This is really a farewell to Lithium X. They were acquired by a Chinese company called Nextview uh, on March 9th. And this is basically our little way of saying goodbye to Lithium X, who was up there on the Venture Exchange for a while. Uh, Their stock closed on March 9th at $2.57 Canadian, and shareholders of the company received $2.61 for each share held as the deal took place. So this is our little way of saying goodbye to Lithium X, uh, who we all loved. (laughs) Thanks, Richard, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. And now let's introduce our Mining Minute sponsor for this month. It is SRK Consulting, the powerhouse uh, consulting firm. And Richard caught up with SRK at the PDAC convention. Take it away, Richard. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Northern Miners Mining Minute. This month we're joined by Stephen Day and Jeff Parshley from SRK Consulting on the sidelines of Toronto's 2018 PDAC convention. Stephen is the chairman of SRK's North American board and a practice leader in waste management. To get things going, I asked Stephen to tell me more about his role with SRK. My role at SRK is to do studies on mine waste geochemistry. So what that refers to is what happens when you take rock out of the ground and it reacts with the air and water around it, but what happens to water quality? So and how we can do what we can do to manage that. So kind of broadly speaking, what is SRK? There are two words that really describe SRK very well, independent and international. So SRK started in 1974 um, in South Africa and and branched out from there. It started as kind of more in the sort of mining engineering, mining geotechnical engineering side of things, and since kind of broadened out into this employee-owned company. It's really important. The independent part of it is really important because basically we're beholden to nobody. We're employee-owned. We we manage ourselves. We have our own, own leadership. But I I like to think of it in terms of of not so much service areas, but how it relates to the mining cycle. We provide services right the way through from exploring for new mineral deposits through to doing evaluations of those projects to bring them into production and then into closure. And then of course we've got 
specialists that deal in, I'd say, sort of gaining acceptance for mining. So, I mean, I, I personally spent quite a bit of time working with regulators, sort of presenting the science to them, presenting the engineering plans and, and getting the approvals. You can't just start digging holes. You've got to get approvals, and whether it's from the regulators or it's from the public as well, I mean, it's... Um, I think a big part of what we have to do is be able to explain what we do in fairly simple terms that, that gives people confidence that the mining industry knows what it's doing. So let's just jump right into it. I've got here on the line with me Stephen Stewart. He is the CEO and Director of Ore Finders Resources here in Toronto, and he is a young mining professional. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? I'm doing very well, John. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, good to have you. Uh, now, I think I met you maybe two years ago, and uh, at that time, there was the Young Mining Professionals out of Vancouver, which had been around for a few years, and there was nothing in Toronto. And uh, maybe you could just tell the audience how you started YMP Toronto. Sure. Uh, well, I, it all started, I, you know, well, the, the organization itself started about 10 years ago out in Vancouver by three uh, KPMG accountants who have since gone on to other things. Or well, one of them is now a partner, but other, the other two have moved on to be quite successful entrepreneurs. And it started off as a call it a dinner club where they'd invite a high-profile CEO like a Ross Beatty or a Peter Monk to come in and, and in an intimate environment, have dinner with 30 young mining professionals. And yes. uh, it, was, it was quite popular out in Vancouver. And then probably about three years ago, I, ran, I came across an article online talking about the group, and it just struck a chord with me. And I thought, well, geez, that, that's really great. I wish we had something like that in Toronto. Yeah. And then I, I reached out to uh, Scott Jeffrey over at KPMG, and I said, what do you think about moving east? And he said, you know, well, we've been toying with the idea, but we, we wanted somebody to take a bull by the horns. And, and long story short, um, they connected me with a couple local KPMG guys here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And uh, we formed the Toronto chapter, and our first event, I believe, was October 7th, 2015, where we had Peter Monk. Right, our, that is our... tremendous. Yeah, and I think and I think uh, I think that's where we met, right? Uh, a bit later after that, but uh, okay. I know certainly the Vancouver sort of culture is very entrepreneurial. Everyone's working within a few blocks of each other, but Toronto is a little colder. People finish work and go home from their you know larger companies. So I found this was particularly good at bringing together young people. Uh, you know, they're often the youngest people in their businesses, maybe a little isolated. So this is like a, a, a well-needed uh, thing in Toronto. I, I feel the same way, and that was really the genesis so for me. Was I knew a lot of people in the industry, but they were all gray hairs, if you will, and I, I really didn't have any contemporary colleagues. And right. I, I love this. I love this business. I want to be in it for you know thirty, forty years if I'm lucky. And I, I know how important relationships are. And I, and I, I always say this. I think that uh, being a part of this organization, the Young Mining Professionals, is the the single greatest thing I've done for my career. Uh, my yes. in, in a short period of two and a half years, my network has expanded dramatically in terms of colleagues of my my age and, and above and, and and younger. But also, it's it's afforded me the opportunity to to meet with Pierre Lassans and the David Harkales and the Peter Monks of the world. So it's 
it's been great personally and professionally, so I'm thrilled with how it's turned yeah, out. Yeah, that's a great thing. I know certainly young people say they get involved with Aberic, you know, being hired by Aberic. They're often just focused on their own companies, and this gives them a chance to broaden their horizons uh, a little earlier. And uh, let me just go through, I know we're going to be focused on Toronto a bit here because of your own role, but let me just give the list of the, your distinguished speaker series. The first one out of the gate was Peter Monk. The next was Pierre Lassonde, Rob McEwen, Thomas Kaplan, Aaron Regent, Steve Letwin from I'm Gold, Rick Rule, Kelvin Dushnitsky, and then uh, on March 22nd, we're going to have John Brzezinski from Cisco Mining. So although you may only have two or three a, a year, they're like superb uh, speakers. And sh- I should say this is, I believe, all, all at High Steakhouse, the old, sort of old school steakhouse in downtown Toronto. So, you know, fantastically up high-end uh, location. And then uh, I know the first one I went to was Rob McEwen. And you have, I'm not sure, maybe 100 uh, young people there. And this is all off the record. And it's a different kind of speech than you would get normally because these CEOs are kind of giving their... You know, they look back at their careers and are giving young advice to young people. So it's a particularly interesting talks that you really would not hear anywhere else. You're absolutely right. You know, first off, yeah, we keep it very high end and and sort of an exclusive. I think that aids us in attracting people like that. I thought if we did it at a, a Jack Astors, if you will, we wouldn't be able to attract a, a, a Rob McHugh. And not, nothing against Jack Astors. I go there all the time, but it's, you sure. know, we wanted to keep with a certain theme and keep it very intimate and high end. Um, while yeah. at the same time keeping it affordable for the people who wanted to come, we charge a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, but I promise you, it costs us more than that per head, and obviously the, the the balance is made up by our generous sponsors. Right, and you've got some really nice uh, high-end sponsors there, like Barrick was the founding sponsor. Uh, I'm not sure who, who else you have these days. Barrick is uh, our founding sponsor. They've been uh, been there since the beginning. Uh, KPMG yes. as well, Castle mm-hmm. Rock and High's Restaurant and I Am Gold and Franco Nevada. So it's really a, a blue chip lineup there. Right, right. Now tell us about uh, there's you know the YMP has been expanding uh, eastward. Like what's what's gone on in Montreal, London, and beyond. Well, uh, I think this platform, the YMP platform, has the ability to expand not only throughout Canada, which it has, but globally. And I think you're going to see that uh, in in the year and years ahead. The bigger we are, the bigger our network is, the better it is for our group. So uh, as we discussed, Toronto started in 2015, Vancouver seven or eight years before that. Last year, we introduced YMP Montreal mm-hmm. and YFP London. And yes. both of those chapters, uh, they all operate independently, but we all coordinate and uh, on our initiatives such as the YMP awards, the scholarships, mm-hmm. the career connect, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, and and we expect, I, I expect you'll see one out potentially in Sudbury this year, very oh, soon, and yes. and one also uh, we're talking about having one down in Sydney and potentially in Johannesburg. Our our uh, leader out in Montreal, Bianca Defay, was down at Indaba, and there was there's lots of interest. So we've had. We get in- inquiries from all over the world for people wanting to uh, expand our network, uh, and we're happy to do so provided we're comfortable with the individual because it's all about the person running the group, and yes. they have, to have the ability to raise a little bit of money to get this, uh, get their operations off the ground. So if they, if right, we feel right. comfortable with people and their money, we're we're looking to expand. Yeah, that all makes sense. And uh, just if you're a young mind professional these days, uh, I guess under forty would be the cut off like i believe you you would go on linkedin and join the linkedin group or ask to join the linkedin group is that the number one way to uh hook up with people as it were 
that's the best way to stay informed, uh, at least yeah. with our chapter. Other chapters also I'll participate on the LinkedIn group. So membership is informal. It's free for everybody. We're, I should note we're a, a nonprofit, all-volunteer group. And right. uh, if you want to get an ad- advance notice of our events, join our, you know, the YMP Toronto group. And we uh, we typically give advance notice for, for example, the John Brzezinski event that gets sent out to the LinkedIn group first. We leave it for 24 hours. It usually gets sold out. So, I mean, right. we sell so few tickets that we try and give, you know, the insiders, if you will, an edge. Yes, yes. I've been to two of them, and I feel too old to go, so I don't want to take a place of a young person. But uh, well, I got to tell you, John, I'm 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 getting a little uh, <laughs> on the long side of young myself, and uh, right. actually, I'm going to be I'm going to be rolling back my duties this year. We, <laughs> uh, Mike Long and Mike Long and myself spent a lot of time uh, working on a succession plan, and we've got some really great young executives who uh, are the future of this group. Sure. That's fantastic. And uh, let's jump right into the creation of the YMP Awards, which has been fantastic. We're so glad to be part of it with the Northern Miner, but maybe tell uh, how that came about. Well, it was just really an idea about recognizing. I probably borrowed the idea from you guys. I remember seeing, you know, you guys have the Mining Person of the Year, and I thought, well, that's great. And and, uh, maybe maybe we could take that and spin it a little bit towards Mm -hmm. uh, young people, somebody under 40 who's had a a great career and and one day will be on the path to either the Hall of Fame or the Northern Miners Mining Person of the Year. And uh, we decided decided it would be um, a good idea to have male and female and and when we thought about naming the awards, which I really liked doing, in my mind, Peter Monk was the, the first choice. He's such an icon, mm-hmm. not just in the mining business, but uh, but in the Canadian business place uh, as a whole. And then and then Ira Thomas, uh, who has great relationships with Vancouver, was uh, our female choice. And and these yes. awards have really, uh, I guess we just had our second one, and I know you were there, and mm-hmm. Ira was there, and a bunch of interesting people. And it's turned yeah. out to be the group's most high profile event and uh, I think it's been effective in just spreading the word and in getting people involved and letting them hear about what we what we can do for them so uh, and it's fun it's a great night so uh, yeah. we're quite happy with how the awards has played out and again it's kept at a very low price $25 to get in so any uh, young person could get in and uh, exactly thank you to our sponsors again on that one yeah, and then uh, I'm not sure if you're continuing this, but it was nice to have it on the Saturday night before the PDAC, like right at Shangri-La. So um, people are in town, and you get East and West uh, young people meeting each other, stuff like that. I'm not sure if you're going to continue that that um, timing, but the timing the first two years has been excellent. Certainly, well, you know that is that is one of our objectives. Uh, since we do have the four chapters. We try and plan dinners or events around major conferences, like right. uh, like your uh, symposium in, in London, and uh, yes. we did one in Money in London, and um, you know we do. I think Vancouver did one out by the during Roundup in the VRIC. So that gives us the opportunities. Chances are, young people are going to be in town, and that gives them a chance to meet um, you know people from other cities and leverage the network. Right, right. And uh, let me think. Uh, just a few more items here. You've got started Career Connect this year, and then you've got scholarships you're launching. Maybe tell us about that. Yeah, the scholarships is, is to me the most the thing that I'm most proud of that the group's been able to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really you know when we came up with the idea, uh, it was largely because you know I am Gold came in and wanted to do something unique, and uh, 
uh, they wrote us a nice check and said we want to do the scholarship, and, and it grew from there. And yes. to me, it's just about giving back a, a little bit. And so this year, what we're doing is we're we're fully funded. We're giving away three four thousand dollars scholarships, so twelve thousand dollars in wow. total. One to one to a, a male, one to a female, and one to an indigenous uh, community member. As long as they're enrolled in a geology or a mining engineer program in Canada for the 2018-2019 calendar year. Uh, mm-hmm. We encourage them to go to our website. You'll see how to apply there. And uh, we try and keep it light and, and fun and creative. It's about, you know, creativity is a big part of entrepreneurship. And so we try not to be a typical, you know, write an essay type of um, scholarship. And we, we incorporate social media and creativity. So please go online and uh, tell the young people that uh, we're looking to support them in, in their education. Right, right. Sorry, what's the deadline for that? I believe that's a good question. I believe the deadline is, um, I should look this up, um, either March 31st or April 31st. Um, oh, April April 30th with recipients announced May 31st. There you go. At least, at least I was in our article <laughs> a couple weeks okay, ago. Okay, well, there you go. No, I, I trust your reporting uh, yeah. uh, clearly better than my knowledge of the dates. So, yeah. so yeah, and, and, and it all will be verified. It is verified on our website, so uh, all the details are there. Right, right. Now, I should say this is all in, uh, Stephen, your spare time. Your real-time, full-time job is CEO of uh, Orefinders Resources, so you're a gold explorer in Ontario. To tell us what's going on there. So with Orefinders, we're, um, we have two advanced stage projects that had substantial news releases this year. Um, just very briefly, the, the first one was our Murado Gold Project. It's a former producing mine. Uh, right. We did a bulk sample in 2017 for 25,000 tons. We made some money. And it was proof of concept for our PEA, which was just published uh, on uh, or filed on CEDAR. So the full report is now on CEDAR. And it's, the economics on that were substantial or, or, or uh, very favorable, let's just say. You know, 150% right. IRR, that sort of thing, because the CapEx was so low, because it's just a restart. And we plan to toll mill at local mills and not build a tailings facility, et cetera. The whole idea was to bootstrap the project as right. opposed to, you know, drill out, you know, three, four, five million ounces. Let's start small, develop cash flow, use that cash flow to put it back into the property. Right. Fantastic. So, uh, Murado now is focused on getting a, a, its toll milling contract organized, some permitting, and then we'll be off to the races. Perfect. Yeah. And, and we, uh, I guess we wrote a story about this and interviewed you. So, if uh, our listeners want more information, they can uh, dig that out or else go to your website, uh, orefinders.ca, orefinders, all one word. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you guys. Yeah, and uh, let me think. I guess the next thing, I'll see you in London probably next month, right? Are you presenting there with us? I am. Possibly? So, uh, <laughs> okay. I'll, no, I am. I'm, I think I'm okay. confirmed for the second day, which is April 25th. We'll Great. be uh, presenting Ore Finders and its uh, Murado and its Night Projects. And uh, as well, uh, YMP is a sponsor of that event, and we're also uh, looking forward to the dinner there. So uh, we're very happy to be associated. Yeah. Uh, when I say we, I mean Ore Finders is happy to be associated with that uh, symposium, which I was at personally last year, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and YMP now is is uh, going to be a part of it as well. So uh, it's we're grateful to have you guys as 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 partners, co-sponsors, etc. You guys are are the best in the business in terms of delivering mining news. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And I know as, certainly a lesson I learned early on as editor in chief was only partner with the best. And 
when I uh, first started attending these um, uh, distinguished speaker events, you could see this was like a, an excellent thing and, and, and filled a need, a, a, desperately, a desperate need in the industry. So uh, we're, yeah, we're happy to be on board with the YMP Award and we're, we're co-sponsors of the YMP Award and then uh, uh, you guys do your own thing with your own events. But uh, anyway, so thanks for joining us, Stephen, and good luck with everything, and I'll see you uh, next month in London. Sounds good, John, and uh, thanks for inviting me, and uh, great job on the first podcast. Okay, thanks for being our guest. Okay, over and out. Okay, cheers. And that just about does it for episode 95 of the Northern Miner podcast and our first podcast from our Toronto office. Uh, Please bear with me as I learn how to edit uh, audio, (laughs) and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.